What up, Dice? It's your boy. Just trying to get in on this link, my guy. Hey, what's up, man? It's working. It's working. Oh, all right. Yup, you got it. All right, nice, nice. Yeah, how'd you get it to work? Nah, I was being a bozo, man. And instead of opening Safari, I was talking to Siri like a clown. Ah, <laughs> uh, he was trying to <laughs> hack it. He was trying to get the quick little pass by, huh? Yeah. Yeah. How you doing, bro? I'm good, man. Just got off work, man. Trying to stay positive and everything, man. Keep it going, you know? Yep, I feel you. During this shit here, if you hear me coughing, it's a marijuana cough, not a coronavirus cough. Shit. So you know. <laughs> All right, I'm I'm good then. Same on my end. Yep, yep. But welcome to the podcast, yo. Shit is tight. I'm glad you're on Thanks here. Thanks for having me, man. It's dope to finally get to be a part of something like this with you, bro. Yeah, it's dope, man. Like, all this shit just to be all natural and regular as fuck. That's what it's about, because then it flows better, bro, bro. Straight up. Have you heard any of the other episodes ever? I listened to that first one you sent me, bro. And then I lost that phone and lost the link and... You know oh, my yeah. crazy-ass life, bro. I don't even remember which one it was. I just go through cycles and take shit down all the time. So it's probably the Black Panther one from out here, though. It was. It was. Yeah. Yeah, that might still be up. Speaking of the Black Panthers and shit, um, that's what our topic of today is, for the most part. We ran our organization out there in New Mexico and did our shit. But I, I kind of wanted you to give maybe your summary and recap of, like, what the movement was, what you perceived it to be, what happened during that time, and, like, all that. If you could just summarize in, like, a little paragraph or a statement or whatever, how you feel about it um, as far as what we did and, like, what was popping, what was going on at the time. And then after, we'll, like, dig into details of specific stories and shit. See... I don't know if you'll like my summarization because you're your own worst critic, my brother. Like, no, that's that's what for I'm me, saying, though. I kind of perceived it as man, we were a bunch of lost, lost motherfuckers, homie. And it just so happens that one of us latched on to some real positive shit that gave people somewhere to be or something to believe in. And that shit spread like wildfire, bro. And it was dope because it was just so many misfits, bro. Straight fucking miscreants, homie. But it was cool because we all found this common ground that we could all relate to no matter what color anybody was or where they were from what hood they claim or fucking you know it it it, none of that made a difference anymore and the beginning of my life was all of that nonsense so it was dope for me personally to find something positive worth fighting for than a bunch of nonsense that never did nothing for me you know Definitely, I feel that. And it was just, it was kind of a, it was a weird time. I feel like in every single one of our lives, everybody that was around at that time, like, either had some crazy shit jumping off or some crazy shit had just jumped off, like, and it was cool, bro, because I, like, man, I don't mean to gas you up, my nigga, but I fucking love you, and I felt like you saved motherfuckers at that point in life, bro. Like, And then when we got together, and it was just love, bro. Like, and I feel like most of us had never felt anything like that from anybody ever before in our lives. So when we did get down to it, it was it was fresh for us, bro. And it was nothing that was... Man, it shouldn't have been nothing that was going to get us in trouble because all we were trying to do was look out, you know? 
but it just turned into what it turned into and but I it was dope man it's still one of, I feel like one of the biggest things that have turned me into who I am today kind of you know like everything plays a role all the time but that was like a turning point for me personally bro yeah how did it start like what, what was going on in your life at the time man I think I had just, just moved up here from Santa Fe, man. Like, and I wasn't even from New Mexico, as you know, like I'd came out here to meet my mom. That shit did not work. All my little brothers, even my older brothers were like, oh my goodness, you're black. And they're just as fucking black as me, you know, but they were little suburb babies, homies, so... Like, we just really didn't mesh well. So it caused this big-ass ordeal between me and my mom. And then me and the chick I was with started beefing at the time. And I was like, fuck Santa Fe. And I just dipped, bro. I literally packed a bag and left everything I had in Sampa and just came up to the homie's dope's house here in Albuquerque. I was fresh out of my first stint in prison. I was full of fucking dumbass decisions and stupid ass choices. So like nothing was really fucking flowing well for your boy, like at all. Yeah, what kind of dumb decisions and shit like that? Anything you could say since we're not going into like specific names and details and shit. Fuck, man, like I don't know how to put it, brother. Like, I was just always trying to find somewhere to belong. So whether it was gangbanging or fucking trying to sell dope, knowing I didn't have the mentality for that shit, that didn't last long. But what I was good at was fucking being manipulative, bro. So for the most fuck, for the first half of my life man that's who I was and what I did yeah you know and it just never got me anywhere I mean I was never really big on drugs I used to fucking drink a lot a lot but I don't know man I was just lost on me I was just confused I was young I was 22 when I moved out here fucking shit was crazy bro like I just left, like, growing up in foster homes and group homes, and I'd been used to not having a motherfucker give no fucks about your boy, you know? Yeah. So, I was just wilding, bro. Like, I was just wilding. Yeah, same. I feel you. Robbing people, pulling pistols on niggas for no reason, because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Like, just dumb shit. Yeah, as you know, that shit, I mean, I, I was doing the same shit, and that drifted into the same shit that we were doing. Eventually, you know, like, as a collective, on some, on some, it was necessary shit, and our vibes were totally positive, but there's shit that popped off that, like, seeped in from that previous lifestyle consistently, you know? Consistently. But why was that? I don't get that. I feel like a big part of it was probably just because of conditioning. Because, like, sometimes when I think about how Akai is, like, 13, about to be 14 and shit, I think that... That's wild. Yeah. And, like, her being my daughter, about to be 14, and I remember, like, when I was 13 is when I got my first gun. It's because I stole it out of my friend's locker, who said he was going to shoot my other friend. And this dude, Tommy, said, hey, I'm going to shoot Jeremiah at lunch, yada, yada, fuck this fool, yada, yada. I broke into his locker, jacked his gun so he couldn't do it and sold it to my uncles and shit. But they taught me how to, like, shoot in exchange for me selling it to him for, like, so, like, such a good price and shit. <clears throat> but, like, the conditioning from way back then when I was younger than she is now, you know, I should just de- be developed into that type of, like you know, eat or get eaten type of culture and shit. It's just, I think it was inevitable that I was on that path to be like, oh, this is normal. 
man, this might be one of the the few times I disagree with you. Because now yeah. that I grow, man, and I'm in the position I am in now in life, and I'm not doing the greatest, but I'm doing good, bro. Like, I feel good about me. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm all right. But yeah. I feel like coming from all the fucked up shit we came from, bro, I feel like we just didn't know who we were as people, bro. So it was easier for us to just try to latch on to the ones we admired or looked up to or the ones who were around us, whether that was what we wanted to do or not. Because now that I look back at that shit, man, I'm like, why, bro? I know better than that. I've always known better than that. I was just lost, homie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true, but that's that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that the reason for being lost was the way that we are conditioned to our surroundings. We are thinking like, yo, this is what the people around us are doing. This is how you get by in this atmosphere, all that kind of shit, because that was our immediate surroundings. True. I feel like... like go for it. My I bad. feel I feel lucky then, because I feel like I should have been a way bigger piece of shit in life than I was at one point. Because Same. still during all of that, I was still able to make some conscious decisions. I still knew when I did the dumb shit that fuck deep down inside I shouldn't have been doing that dumb shit. And I, yeah, I, I feel that. I feel like it boils down to us. <laughs> us. But like that upbringing, like you said, 80%, it's proven like 80%, 85% of everything we absorb or or bring into who we are as a person in our lives, we learn outside of the home. So, yeah, grip of shit outside of the home, especially as far as like development and shit. I mean, I'll be the first today, to tell you, bro. I, I'd be acting the same in unnecess- unnecessary circumstances because of all the like uh, shit from back then, in my opinion. Like, only up until, like, a year ago, maybe, maybe even less at this point, I was just still carrying, like, a piece on me. I just still had my gun on me. Like, always, no matter what. Photo shoot, fucking whatever. Yeah, most deaf. I feel you on that. And I ain't even supposed to have them, I feel like, you know? So, yeah. Yeah, I already know. But I, I barely, like, stopped doing that when I had to, like, start going out of town for shit. And I realized I can't take the shit on the airplane, you know? Yeah. But, like, that was the only time that I, I didn't have my shit for the longest. And then I thought about how many times I've actually needed it, especially since I've been out here. And I'm like, this shit is, man, I was conditioned to believe this world was different. So, exactly. Allow me to pose this question. How has your perspective changed since you quit carrying it? Shit, I'm actually more comfortable and more, like, conscious of my surroundings and shit like that because of the fact that, like, it's not built on a negative perspective before walking in. Like, before, I I remember I had this thing, and I kind of still do. Like, 80% of the time, I still do. But where I walk into a spot and I got to walk all the way through it and then back to the front or wherever I'm trying to be. I just got to do like a quick round to see who's there and to see what I'm up against, you know, see where the exit is and see where anyone's at just in case any shit pops off. Still kind of do that a lot of the time. I feel like that's because of just our environments, as you mentioned earlier. And yeah. I feel like that's not really a bad way to be. To be aware is awesome, I feel like. Oh, yeah. It's super awesome. But, like, I'm less worried about the intentions of somebody else, especially knowing that I haven't done shit now. But, like, yeah. knowing that I'm walking in with a piece, like a strap on me or some shit like that, I automatically know I might be the most aggressive person in a circumstance <laughs> that 
was not aggressive at all before I entered it. <laughs> for sure. For sure. You I, know what I mean? I and feel like, you on that. Whoa. Realizing shit like that is just crazy. I'm creating situations. Yeah, yeah. Like, being the spectacle that draws the energy of someone to be so uncomfortable that they might pop off. Like, you know? It's the effects of people's energy. So, I don't know. Shit has changed, but I still stay conscious and strapped up way more than all my friends well you kind of have to be aware bro and ain't nothing wrong with that you have a family i feel like that's every guardian or parent or family figure that you look up to (laughs) i feel like that's just your responsibility as a good father is to protect <laughs> yeah. the ones you love, bro. Yeah, it's true. Like, Clay's true. not even mine, homie. I'll shake this motherfucker up like a snow globe over that little dude. <laughs> yeah. Just to see what happens, bro. Oh, yeah. So, I feel you on that shit. I really do. Yeah. And it's crazy that we're talking about this because I was, like, wondering what other people like when things went crazy and like the fed started kicking in the door and posting up out in front of the house and all them motherfuckers were on our neck a lot of people got scared and dipped on us bro a lot of people got scared and i always so i want to ask you a couple questions about that shit just for the people that are listening and all that stuff that are really in our personal life now but at the same time have to know that general uh, translation of like what developed everything that we're talking about and like what was the what was the root cause what was the and and the what was the movement called what was the movement called how long do you feel like the heart of it ultimately lasted and summarize like a beginning middle and ending story with like as much detail as you can provide, knowing that it's probably going to be the most minimal people listening unless they're an attribute to this culture. So, I don't know. What is it you want me to describe to begin with? Like, cause I feel Did like- you think of this shit as like an a RBG movement, an FTP movement, a Panther movement? Uh, blood and crib unity movement or like uh, a collective like socialist group or gang like what are your what did you see this whole shit as like as almost as everything you just said (laughs) because in (laughs) many different aspects it could have been viewed as any one of those things because I, I agree that's why I want your personal like perspective on what you always like thought it was from the beginning like tell the story like a movie and it coming from your perspective man i feel like it was more i feel like for me okay so i might say some things right now that are gonna fucking piss i don't care anyway nah this is me and you bro that's where i think about it so once we moved after everything, I at the beginning, I, I felt like it was solely this RBG movement based on um, a black power culture and the want f- for your people to thrive. But as we progressed slowly, and more and more people latched on that weren't black. Um, it made me change my viewpoint. I started seeing it more as like a fucking rainbow coalition type of deal, you know? Except we were fucking holding big guns and ready to squab with whoever over whatever that we thought was unjust or that our communities thought was unjust or that the people we loved and care about thought was unjust. 
So for me personally, I was kind of blinded because I wanted it to be something and I was wanting to make it into that. And it took a little bit for me to realize that that's a dictatorship and a cult and all that crazy shit wrapped up into one. And that's not what we were supposed to represent. It wasn't until we moved out of Urbicookie after the police started running in on us and pulling us over, whooping my ass in the substation for no reason, kidnapping niggas at the bike store. Like, shit was wild, bro. Like, that's when I realized that we were really on to something. That's what changed it for me. That's what changed it from just this new place for me to channel my aggression that I've always had in my life into something positive and something that meant something serious. It it was meant to be a learning experience, a growing experience. It was meant to be what everybody is supposed to be, I feel like now. We're all supposed to be close-knit and we're all supposed to give a fuck about each other. And that's what it was. It was just a bunch of random-ass lost people that wanted to give a fuck about something dope and it gave us something to give a fuck about. And it changed a lot of things. I can't say it did that for everybody. Like I was just thinking earlier about some heads leaning back in the day. And I was just wondering, like, damn, like, D, like, where's Dre? Like, what's that fool up to? Like, you know, like, where's Rev? Did that nigga ever fucking get right? Like, he was cool. He was smart, but that nigga was lost. And did he ever find himself? I was just, I hope that for the time that we were together, 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 that even afterwards, upon reflection, that people could pull from it what I pulled from it and didn't stay along the line of borderline being a zealot, you know, like, because that's not what it was about. Yeah, at all. I remember doing random dumb shit. Remember when we heard that little baby crying so fucking loud? We thought that dude was, or the parents were beating on the fucking kid. And we went over there like eight deep banging on these people's door. And we didn't even know just because we thought the baby was hurt. And that dude looked so scared, bro. He was like, no, man, I promise we're not doing nothing. It's just the baby, like, he's fussy and... He looked so scared, fool, and I was like, at kind of at that point, I was like, damn, all right, we can make a difference, and yeah, people will listen to us, but I think it was the fear in his eyes at that point that kind of fueled me for a little bit until I realized what we were doing it for, you know? Until yeah. I realized that it was for positive and we weren't just out here bullying people and shit. It felt good not to be a bully. I'm still low-key a bully, bro. <laughs> Fucking but I mean, that a lot of it was like enforcing shit that we believe people should enforce in their own communities, though. As far as that goes. Especially people who don't believe in, you know, police. Or the current, like, injustice of today's police systems you know like the prison industrial complex privatized prisons all that kind of shit it was like the shit that we're against we decided to be in place of that for our community's control as well that's what it felt like yeah for sure and that that was dope it was so dope (laughs) because it got to man I don't know I don't want to sound like some 
crazy dude, but like it felt good to help all them little kids, bro. Like, come to find out, that's the only thing I'm naturally good at. I don't know. I'm saying, mess with your boy, bro. And it felt good, man. Like to help them little dudes and keep them focused and make sure they were taking their little ass to school for the most part or feeding them because their parents didn't like. I, Straight up. I felt like I was doing something for once in my life that mattered, bro. Other than to someone than myself. And that shit felt good. And the reaction we got felt good. Unless it was the reaction from the police. That was the only thing that wasn't good. And seriously, the main attributes of everything we were doing were that day in, day out. It was like Kids that weren't going to school, making sure that they go to school, making sure that they got a place to come to after they go to school so they don't got to be in the atmosphere that they felt like was an abusive or destructive environment. Feeding people, like you said, all this stuff, but like the negative attributes that were actually harmful. I, I don't really know still to this day what they were. Like why cops were tripping. I feel like they were us. <laughs> I feel like it was us. I feel like, in a sense, we were the negative attributes that brought it about because of our approach and the fact that we were running around ragged up and fucking, man, big guns everywhere. Like, I That's felt true. like it was partly because of our approach that we drew the negative attention. But if you think back in retrospect, we didn't start getting any attention until, man, I don't even know why we started getting attention. That's what was crazy. I, that's what I can't figure out. The main thing, like, like whatever was the main cause of what happened. Yeah. I, I don't know. Yeah. I can't hmm. pinpoint it. Yeah. It's weird because now that you say that, I feel like usually I have an answer, but I, I really don't when it comes to the direct thing. I just think I thought directly it was because we were already like, at least I was already on paper for pretty like fucked up shit. You and me both. I'd yeah. already done prison time in, in another state, you know, like... Yeah. I came out here and already had run-ins with the law in Santa Fe. Yeah. You know? Yep. And at that time, I think I had already fought, fist fought that cop at the attic during, like, the punk yeah, rock days you and had. shit. So you I, had. I beat up the one cop. The other cop I was trying to, like, start some kind of lawsuit with. Well, the how the fuck did they know who we were? I don't know. There was no reason. There, there's definitely no reason to fuck with us. That's for sure. One day we were walking down the block wanting to go buy, buy bicycles for everybody so we could patrol the neighborhoods at night. And the next day we were getting pulled over for random reasons and door kicked in. Like it was just crazy how things progressed once the police got involved. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know what the start of that shit was either. I really, really don't, but... I feel like it was because it was someone other than them running the neighborhood. And mind you, we weren't in the dopest of neighborhoods. No, we had to defend a lot of our own shit from our own people. Remember the the neighbors? We live next door to the black, them black pea stones next door. Yeah, straight up. Always beefing with them dudes. Yeah, no, no, we are always beefing with them dudes. And they had no problem with none of them. Yeah. Used to welcome them in, blow with them, eat with them, drink with them, you know? Yeah, no, straight up, I do know. I feel like people just didn't understand us, bro. Because it ain't the 70s, it ain't the 60s, it ain't the 50s. There ain't no huge movements anymore. Yeah. You know, like, and I feel like for a group of people to stand up today and speak out in a group against some things that they feel is wrong, 
I feel like motherfuckers is like, what's wrong with these niggas? Like, where's David Koresh Jr. at? You know? Yeah. Like, I feel like that's how people looked at us for the longest time. Yeah. And I, I ain't trying to gas up, but most of them people that looked at us that way were ignorant people to begin with. To begin with, yeah, yeah. And they're the same people that are like, you know, quote unquote, woke now. But I was ignorant at, so mind you, I was just maybe months from ignorant, you know, at that point. We're always growing, bro. I still feel that shit all the time. Like, I think, man, I don't know why I did it. I, I really don't. But I was trying to talk about injustices and cops and all that shit. And I showed Akaya uh, this video of me at in Albuquerque downtown getting into a fight at Burt's, at Burt's Tiki Lounge and shit. And I, I boxed this dude for hitting this girl and pushing her down. And I boxed the dude and uh, I like headbutted him, knocked him down. He, he was a big-ass dude. He started getting up, and I started beating him up, and I sent a lot of them, threw his shirt over his head, and threw him on the ground. And then the <laughs> cops came, and... Uh, Your ass always fighting big-ass dudes. It was bro. fucked up. I'll send you the video. It's pretty crazy, man. It was fucked up, because I, I was just trying to reference it, and the cops came, and they pointed their guns at me, and they had the lasers on me from the guns, and the other ones had the lasers from the tasers. So I had the guns and the tasers on me, and everyone's like... No, nah, no, nah, it wasn't the black dude. He wasn't the aggressor. Yada, yada, yada. It was the other guy and all this shit. And uh, they, like, put their guns away after almost shooting me. And then they slammed me on the ground, uh, put me in handcuffs, and pulled me up and shit. But the whole that whole shit is on video. And the guy was watching it and shit. And then, like, about a week later, we watched uh, Fruitvale Station. And it just fucked her up. She was like, yo. Oh, snap. Yeah. And, like, it just fucked her up. She was just like, yo. She was like, dad, you live too dangerous. And this shit is just not cool. Like, this shit is wrong. It's too scary. And I was like, I agree. And she was like, it's just too too brave. And think bad things happen. It's scary. And I was like, yo, she just saw this video of these cops, like, so down to just kill me, you know? And it was just like, man, if she only knew what was happening literally while she was in the apartment, when we got yeah. raided. Yeah, right? Over air uh, soft pellet BB guns? <laughs> yeah, I'm saying, tell that story the best you can remember it if you're down. Bro, I'll never forget that story. I still remember the dude talking shit about my hat. Like, Yeah, tell oh, that story. Go in in details from like the start of it if you can. I just remember we went to the flea market, bro earlier and we bought like five or six of them clear clear plastic (laughs) can let me reiterate that shit clear plastic like toy ak soft pellet guns like the ones that shoot the little yellow plastic joints yeah and it's just who was it me deandre cam it was Ooh, what's little red? Dennis, little Dennis. Um, what was the little brother's name, man? The one you bought the air tank for so he could start airbrushing his kicks and shit. It was that little youngster. And it was another little kid, man. And I feel like it was just a random kid from the apartment, probably. And we was just all running around the apartment complex, man, like. G.I. Joeing it up with some yellow plastic pellets. And that shit was so crazy. But we were having a blast. It was fun. It was just neighborhood shit. And that's what we did. We just tried to involve everybody and everything. But I remember coming around the front where our steps are, bro. And all of a sudden, you just see cops everywhere. And it wasn't just like one or two cops. It was like eight, nine, ten cops. I was like, what the hell is this? And I remember they pointed the gun at Dennis, bro. Like right in the little kid's face. Wow. 
How old was Dennis then? Maybe 12, 13? Yeah, yo. He was a youngster, bro. Like, freckled, little short-haired, pale-ass white kid, bro. Running around with a clear plastic gun. And they'd make him lay on the ground. And, like, Dennis had been hanging around with us. So... Dennis kind of, like, wanted to get live with the cop, I felt like. Because he looked at him, and he looked at me, and he kind of hugged the gun a little closer, bro. And he's like, no, man, like, what? And I'm like, Dennis, just drop that shit, man, because I had already thrown mine on the ground. You ain't about to shoot my black ass over a clear gun. So Dennis lays it down, bro. And next thing I know, I see the cops running up the stairs and they have everybody out and shit. And I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And here you go. Um, yeah. Can I ask what you need? <laughs> With your smart ass mouth, bro. And that motherfucker looked and was like, yeah, we just got a disturbance call. Said there was people running around with guns. And he was like, yeah, we were. Some clear plastic guns. Like, you were real fucking smart with your shit, bro. (laughs) And that fucking made that dude. I remember the look on that cop's face. And that's when they were like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and go in the house then. And I remember there was like three, four cops in the house. And there's like two, three cops out on the porch with us. And I remember that. I don't even know the dude's name, bro. But as they're in the house going through dumb shit, like the computer, notebooks, as in like mead paper notebooks that we'd written in, the books on the bookshelf, like you'd have thought Albert Einstein was getting rated for a new fucking idea he'd came up with or some shit because they weren't flipping couches They weren't tearing closets apart looking for dope. They weren't doing none of that shit. It was the fucking cleanest raid I'd ever seen in my life. They came out with a little bit of weed and your guns, bro, and tried to make the biggest ordeal out of it. But before that happened, we're sitting out on the front, man, and that dude said something about, oh, he'd read the lyrics on my hat. And made a stupid ass comment. Like, oh, everybody thinks they're smart or some shit along those lines. And I was like, because it was that Bob Marley quote um, from Redemption Song. The homie, oh, oh no, Victoria. Victoria had made me that hat for my birthday, bro. And it had my favorite quote on that joint. And the cop read that shit and he was like, we are, how's it, free ourselves from mental slavery. None but ourselves can free our minds. And he was like, fuck's that supposed to mean? Everybody thinks they're smart. And I looked at that fool and I was like, yeah, Bob's smart as fuck. You don't know Bob? And I felt myself like getting there. Like I'm about to start talking shit to this fucking wood. He's going to have to put his hands on me. Because fuck him. Like, what's their problem, you know? We were some kids playing around. And all I remember is that fool talking shit and then walking off and going into the house. And all them fools coming out. And then the landlord showed up. They went, or maybe it wasn't the landlord. Maybe it was just the office lady. But they were like, oh, yeah. They didn't have nothing to arrest nobody over Nothing to take nobody to jail over except a little bit of weed. And I feel like it wasn't even that much weed compared to the amounts of weed we had around then just for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So in the grand scheme of things, it was just some fuck shit because they send the little fucking officer or they call some shit. I don't fucking know. But I remember that little short-ass fucking brown-haired lady pulled up with her fucking little bobbed-ass ponytail being real fucking slick. And I was like, do they know this bitch? Like, why is she on their team? We ain't done shit. And she was just like, oh, yeah, guns and drugs is automatic evictions. And they were like, yeah, you got to go. 
And they gave you that yellow fucking eviction paper, bro. And the cops smiled. And they were happy as fuck. And I just didn't get it. I was like, who are we to these motherfuckers that they get joy out of fucking making people homeless? Out of taking motherfuckers that ain't broke no laws except having some fucking grass and making them homeless. People that have easily, easily brought together their little block, their apartment complex, and their homies, and fuck, you and I chilling to me then was fucking beyond me. But you were just so fucking cool, homie. So I looked past all the stupidity I'd learned in life, bro. And so we were able to do that. And so that's what irritates me the most because I still don't get what we did so bad to make those motherfuckers want to treat us the way they treated us, man. Because we didn't do nothing except get motherfuckers to get along in the grand scheme of things, bro. Like, it was crazy. And I'll never forget that little fucking lady walking off just all smug after she said that shit and handed the paper. Like, already had it filled out and ready when she got there. That's what fucked me up. Like, it was just like, here, take your shit. You got to get out. Bye. And the cop smiles and everybody just leaves like nothing fucking happened, bro. Everybody left, and we were all just fucking there. Like, what the fuck just went down? Like, what happened? We're evicted over fucking toy guns? Like, it, it was crazy. That shit was crazy. They, they crazy. took your home, bro. Yeah. They took my home, home, put me on paper, took all my... uh, Put me in handcuffs for a second, Took off kinds of pictures of my tattoos and shit. Oh, I forgot that part. Yeah, but that was my, that's on me. That was all my shit. They took mad pictures of my tattoos. They put me on some um, Patriot Act listing that said I would get a, I had to like apply every time I, I travel by plane or whatever. And I can't just travel by plane regular. All kinds of fucked up weird shit. And they said it was the FBI and the and it was the police. Well, because then after okay, that's when they started parking out front. After they're parking that. yeah, they're parking out front and then I mean if you think about what happened after we left too, like left the city. Damn, I feel like at that point though is when things really started going stupid, bro. Well yeah, I agree. Because I feel like the next thing was fucking Jay Blaze. <laughs> fucking yeah. you and Jay Blaze came to save the day when they snatched me and Cam up after leaving the fair. Mm-hmm. Remember that shit? That was right after that. Or was it before, right? No, that was after, right? I, I don't know. I think that was after. Cause... <laughs> I feel like I the first run-in with the cops was them at the house. Because after that... That wasn't the first one, because I had already... Uh, oh, no, I, it wasn't. When was the time that I got the... Uh, I saw him fucking with Dennis, I yelled at him, and then they gave me a child abuse charge for walking yep. with Akaya across the street. Yep. That was right in front of the apartments, huh? Yeah, I was. I walked from my car... To the apartment complex, and they said that I was in the street for too long, and it was child and endangerment. Ooh, it's just like dope. And I beat the kids. They always attack the kids first, cause yeah, that shit had me fucking thrown, bro. I was so beyond confused. Like he had really arrested me. He arrested me for that shit. Cam had to come down and get a kai out of my hands and shit. Was it? I feel like that's on video too. I wish it was. I I don't. I can't find it. I don't know where. I feel like someone was recording that because that yeah, well, pissed them off. Uh huh. It sure was. That's why you got the ticket. Yeah. And then it was the fucking. No. That had to have been before because they took all the tapes and everything. Yeah. It was before. 
because damn, I feel like my ass whooping was even before. Yeah, I feel like all that shit was before, and that's kind of what I'm saying. I think that like, I think it was one thing for for us to box the cops. It was another thing for us to done the whole Duke City Wrecking Crew thing all like already in a in a big vandalism way as well as violence and some other shit. For sure. But it was already like we were already on the radar for being some fucking pretty gnarly street kids. Most definitely. And then it just made it worse that now we're like revolutionary militia Panthers in New Mexico being taught from the EZLN and shit. All me trying to come up with codes and shit. Damn, bro. Remember when you had to come get me out of jail? I have that shit on video. You remember talking to the guard, bro? No. (laughs) You remember I handed that fool the phone? Like, I snatched his phone, bro. That's when they had booked me on some fake-ass shit, bro. That was crazy. They took me. That's when they kidnapped me, bro. You do have that shit on tape. I do have that shit on tape. And that lady just looked at you like, I don't know. I'm sorry. And ran off, too, and got in her car and just shipped. Like, what do I She didn't look like I'm sorry. They looked like they both knew they were about to kidnap you. And she almost hit me with the car, and I was like, whoa, fuck. You see that? She almost hit me with the car. That shit was Both of them sped off all crazy. And I was in the front seat. They really just like. Front seat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, how, man? And then that time with Jay Blaze, where you say we came and saved y'all. Do you remember what happened right after? Yeah. With Jay Blaze? That's when you handed it to that fool for being a little fucking bitch, bro. Mm -hmm. Because he was, as soon as you guys came up, because they had me and Cam. Oh, yeah, the fucking shitbirds. <laughs> I remember that cop, too. Fuck. Man. But that fool was like, yeah, he's got a gun. <laughs> you know, I was like, what the fuck? Why the homie just tell the police the homie has a gun? What the fuck's happening right now? Ooh, shit. Man. That shit For was real. wild, dog. I couldn't believe it. Oh, man. I feel like he was faulty. I feel like he was... Ooh, he was a spy. I don't want to say that's crazy. what I was gonna say, man. No, that's I think that that's I feel that like that's this almost thing. what I was getting to. He man. did have to pay to bond you out and shit. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah. I made him do that shit before and then I told him to leave town that I, I never wanted to see him again. That fool did. He did. I got the money from from him and then I really never saw him again. That shit was crazy, but I I wouldn't want to see the person who did that shit to me either ever again. No, he kind of did that to himself, though. He did, but man, I lost my shit. I just couldn't believe everything was that, that was happening guy, to us. I'm saying, man, Johnny Blaze, come on, Who bro. was that Johnny guy? Blaze, he was the fucking, he was a new agent. We probably have seen that fool. He's probably... Here driving a fucking unmarked car in a suit. I'm like, saying it was really weird. That dude was weird, and that's, I mean, that's why I lost my shit. People probably Tarantino think Tarantino crazy, <laughs> but you did Tarantino that boy. <laughs> Jumped in the back seat and I just hit him with the gun a lot of times. Bitch ass nigga. Yeah. I'm saying the RVG movement Man, in New Mexico. They always took me to jail. They always took you. And that's what was so strange. Anytime I went to jail, I was out in less than 24 hours. They would just take me and sit me there on like fake cases that would never turn into anything because they yep. didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, for real. They or literally picking you up for the same shit so and they never put a stand on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, APD's fucked up. I found a video on Anthony Sedler, too. The fool gave me the child abuse charge for walking across the street. And he has this big old fucking uh, beef with his ex-wife to where, like, uh, he was crazy domestic abuser and shit and beat the shit out of her a lot of times. But then uh, was, like, calling her saying that he was going to commit suicide and doing all this crazy shit. But 
I don't know how I found it on YouTube, but shit's on fucking YouTube. It was crazy. That shit sounds wild. Same cop, yeah. And I'm like, man, that's the same cop who was, like, bothering us. They might have started this whole shit, in my opinion. I don't know. Uh, you're probably right, bro. He had a big beef with me, and he was friends with the cop that I beat up uh, at the attic at that punk rock venue for busting out Max's teeth. Ah, uh, <laughs> yeah. See, I'd heard stories about that one. Yeah, dude busted out Max's teeth, and he was in regular clothes, but it was because Max is dating Marquita, <coughs> and it was a grown-ass dude, and Max was 17, and so I heard a grown man beat up Max and busted out his teeth. As soon as I saw Max's teeth, I just went after the dude and just beat him up all the way to his car. And when he got into his regular-ass car, I just started slamming the door on his legs and uh, yelling at him, talking about, that was a kid, bro. He busted the kid's teeth out, and then he was all shook. Whatever happened to Marquita, bro? I think she was scared of us during all of this. She was, and she had a right to be. We're dangerous, man. And all that kind of shit. I don't know. I guess it depends on your viewpoint. Yeah, I mean, she's, she because just wasn't. Because who were we dangerous from. to? Yeah, well, I mean, just to the be people real around us, because we were shit. reckless. Like, I had a fucking mouth, and I didn't give a fuck if you were really a bad guy, like, on some horrible racist or abusive, sexist, whatever type of shit. I'd, I'd be at your throat. My friends would have to just roll with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, that's a dangerous position to be in, but I don't know. But I think that what we did with the RBG movement and shit was all progressive, and I don't see how people could add such a beef with that. I don't. I don't understand that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, we learned shit from the original Panthers, David Hilliard, Elaine Brown, all them fools that was teaching at the University of New Mexico, Mark Rudd with the Weather Underground, and we formulated our own version of that with their blessings. And with, like, that's, I mean, that's what we built our whole shit off. I think that you're right with saying the way we went about it was harsh because it really was like the taxi driver look, you know, like fucking. It kind of was because we were fucking crazy. All Fatigues right. and guns I'll and say bandanas. Yes. Okay. Fatigues, guns, and bandanas. If we saw someone rolling anywhere like that today, we'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> With a big-ass gold afro, another nigga all dreaded up. Yeah, I could see. Oh, you know? All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> okay. You know what I'm saying? I get it. I, I get the fear, but I don't think it was fully permitted. I don't know. I feel like knowing now, though, there's only a few things I would change, brother. Yeah, no, same. There's not much that I would change, to be real, even still today. I mean, I still rock with the Panthers out here, and they just got raided not long ago. You ever see the documentary I did on that shit? I didn't, dude. I'm going to send it to you. Dude, you got to send me all this stuff. Yeah, that shit is tight. I definitely need it, man. Like... I don't know. I stay on mine, you know. I got that shit across my chest, brother. I know. I got. I got the pictures. You know, it's tight. I love that I shit. Fucking, I love that shit. I love you for that shit. Yeah, you know, man. You too. Fucking. It's. I stay on it. Motherfuckers out here just look at me crazy, bro. Like it's. Hard. I feel you, bro. I don't have no friends, homie. <laughs> Cause I don't feel like hanging with none of these dummies. Like people out here are just wilding, bro. Everybody's sure just you. high. It's hard. Maybe I'm not looking in the right places or. Nah, it is what it is, man. I feel the same way. That's why I can't be out there. Everybody asks me when I'm coming back, and I'm like, when that shit gets itself together. But right. I don't see it. I don't see that shit either. Ty. <laughs> I don't see it either. You know, I'm I'm happy for it though. I'm glad. Yeah, I'd like to see another Panther movement back. There's one out there. 
I would. So, uh, yeah, you know me, though. Um, a couple of them cats is just crazy, bro. And whenever yeah. there's too much fucking just crazy for no reason involved in anything, whether intentions are positive or negative, the outcome's usually the same. Yeah, there's yeah, there's too much energy based on negative circumstances, exactly. especially. Exactly. Yeah, I feel that. That's why I don't really be. So it's kind of cloudy, brother. And I don't. I'm yeah. not trying to judge nobody or anything. I don't blame you. So I don't want it to come across as that. But if that's how you people see it, then I guess that's their perception. We're all entitled to our own viewpoint. That's why the word individual exists. I guess. But with that being said, I don't give a fuck how nobody feels. Motherfuckers is crazy. And if you own some crazy fuck shit even a little bit, it's gonna taint and cloud and it's it no, it's just not gonna work. And I guess I just learned that from all the dumb shit we had to go through. Yeah, you know, yep. like there's ways to do that shit. And I guess you kinda gotta just Keep your message, but beat them at their own shit is what I'm learning, homie. Because they kinda, individually, they kind of make it easy. Anytime we get into groups, they knock us off, bro. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, people hate communism, they hate socialism, they hate all that shit. Individuality is really going to be the base narrative of people's personification in the future because of the tech world alone. True, true. I mean, there's still a few like-minded individuals that exist. I still communicate with the guy out in Philadelphia that I told you got out of prison and started that youth-based program group home. It's like the dankest program that they've ever had in Philly. Like, dude's doing his shit, saving all the kids, fucking stand-up cat, hands down. So I still communicate with cat. And, like... I don't know what it was. I don't know. Maybe I was just lit on the phone with this cat one night. And we got to talking about life stuff. And dude had been through, like, some raw shit. And then I would start talking because we got on some positive rawness. And I got to talking about us. And he was like, man. He was like, ooh, I'd love to be there for that. And I was like, man, I don't even know if we needed you. I said, I felt like, <laughs> I said, I feel like me and Das drew most of this attention. And I hate to say it out loud, but I just can't see anyone else being focused on out of the people that we hung out with in any negative type of way other than us. I feel like if it, that group would have existed without us, it might have been able to get way bigger than it did. Maybe, but I'm going to send you the, the shit that I filmed, and you'll see, because I, I mean, I started where we left off out here. That's what's up, man. You know, I was upset there. I felt like everybody had to dip and had to go their own ways and shit, but I ain't never stopping. So once I met this this homie out here, I was just like, and this is going to sound fucked up, hopefully, uh, if, if he ends up listening to this, he ain't heard by it and no shit, but. This one fool reminded me of you a lot. This fool, Captain Ogun, and uh, he he just goes he he went by Gilani before he did any of this Panther shit. And he reminded me of you a lot, and I was like, I'm a I'm gonna educate homie on what we used to do and how we used to do shit and what it used to be. And he was just like, Oh man, I'm into the same shit. And then we built a Portland chapter out here. I need out of what he knew and all his people. That's so sad. Yeah, it was tight, but he for real reminded me of you all kinds. So I was like, I could, I could, we could start where we left off and all that shit. <laughs> we tried, and then you, you'll see what happened in the little doc. I'll show you. But That's right. We should, since we're at an hour, we should end this one. Um, you should let me call you back in a little bit, and then uh, we'll just talk regular and shit and wrap up the podcast for now, though. And then on the next episode, we should talk about the trip. From uh, Albuquerque to Portland. <laughs> I'm down. I almost forgot we was on this thing, yo. Like, I appreciate mm-hmm. you. Thanks for having me, shit. 
That's, that's hey man, thanks for doing it. This shit has been real. Yeah, it's been wild. <laughs> it was just like a combo. That shit is kind of fresh, man. Yeah, I appreciate it, man. I'm gonna hit you up soon. All right, one. Peace. <laughs>